So as I said, we're going through uh, Isaiah, uh, talking about how uh, God was revealed in, in a special and new way through the prophet Isaiah uh, to God's people. And so last week we, I, we entered from uh, Isaiah 40, the idea of, of waiting on the Lord, that when you wait on the Lord, you're waiting on a good, sovereign, and wise Lord. Um, and, I, and yeah, it, it was a, we're going to go through each characteristic through the, through the coming weeks, but I thought I'd mention this morning, because um, I, I wanted to, to speak clear and have a, have a caveat just real quick, but um, as we go through, given our, the current world situation, Isaiah is a book that is a promise to the people of God who are always meant to be a blessing to all nations. So as this seri- we, we go through the series, the nation of Israel will come up <laughs> uh, as a recipient of these promises. However, the Christian perspective is that through Christ, through Christ, we are now all included in these promises as he has united, he has united all in his body, and these promises are no longer about a kingdom here on earth, but a kingdom that is eternal. And I thought it was important to mention this, that I am not speaking on current events. I, uh, I majored in history for four years. I minored in pol- political science, and I'm learning that I am, I'm still not capable of saying what I need to from the front. I'm more than happy to process any of these emotions. I've heard a lot of painful stuff this week, some individuals that I know. Um, but I think it's important that we continue to go through these promises, especially now as they have so much to say to us individually, but at, to us as a people as we process the sad realities of this world with the hope of Christ. These promises give us actually a, a, a bigger and stronger hope than whatever's happening in our world. And so, um, yeah, I thought we should continue going through them. And this week is, is a great place to start. We're starting with goodness. We're going to talk about the goodness of God. And the goodness of God is something that we all uh, need to focus on right now, not just because of world events, but um, because it's a good thing for us individually to r- remind ourselves, right? I said last week that the most important truths are the ones we have to repeat. <laughs> There's those, those are the things that we got to, to focus on. So I wanted to give that uh, caveat again, and if you have any questions or want to process anything with me, my, my door is always open, although I don't, I don't actually work at the office. I work at coffee shops. But uh, yeah, you can always text or call me, and I would love to process things with you. Okay, so we're going to talk about uh, the, the, next, the next chapter. Isaiah 40 was last week. I- Isaiah 41 is this week. And the, the theme that I found so encouraging is that God is a, a persistent help. We see the goodness of God revealed in persistent help. He is constantly helpful. <laughs> and so that's where we're headed this morning. We're going we're to focus on persistence and help. But let me pray to start us off. God, thank you for, for being here with us. Thank you for, um, yeah, the ways that you have encouraged us already and that you are here um, and how majestic is your name in all the earth, God. And we are excited to get to uh, see this uh, again this morning in your name. Amen. Okay, so Isaiah 41, 8 through 10 is the passage that we'll start with this morning. God is saying, but you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I've chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. And here's the verse. So fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not. Be not dismayed. So fear is, it, it's, uh, it's based out of the idea that the, that the future is uncertain. That's what fear is. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. So you, so you worry and you worry and you worry and, and you build uh, I, I've shared this before, uh, someone explained anxiety to me, as, as building bridges to places that don't exist yet, right? 
I, I am, I'm preparing for the worst. And so that's what fear is. But dismay was the word that first caught me when I memorized this verse a long time ago. Dismay is an uncertain present. It's the thought that at any moment something is going to shock you with something awful, something terrible, something currently is going to happen. And so God is saying, fear not, do not dismay, for I am with you. I'm with you, and I am your God. When I thought about this, this idea of God being persistent, as anyone my age does, I thought of Pride and Prejudice. Um, I, had to, I had to watch this thing in high school, and I, I, I wanted to watch it because I was told, we have this paradox, uh, young men have this paradox of like, you know, don't watch like sappy movies, but at the same time, you need to be romantic. So I was like, how do I, how am I going to learn to be like, you know, to romance the ladies if I never watch the romance movies? So I thought, okay, let's, let's watch Pride and Prejudice. So I watched Pride and Prejudice, and uh, if, I, I hopefully this isn't too much of a spoiler. The book's like 200 books old, 200 years old. So uh, yeah, the Mr. Darcy is a dude who uh, proposes to uh, Elizabeth. And needless to say, the proposal goes terribly. His first proposal, it, it's not great. It's in the rain, and it wasn't like one of those good rain moments. It was a bad rain moment. And a lot of, a lot of British stuff is said, but in essence, I, I would rather, like, if you were the last man on earth, I would, n- I would never marry you, okay? Which is where we get the, the TV show, The Last Man on Earth, just kidding. Those are different books. So he, that, that's the first proposal. And that's, that's in like the first 30 minutes, okay? And you're like, okay, maybe the movie should be done. Maybe, maybe this is like a, like a short, short episode, right? But no, Mr. Darcy does a whole bunch of British stuff for the next hour and a half to win back Elizabeth. He, after being rejected repeatedly and being insulted, he does so, he spends a lot of money, uh, 50,000 pounds, which I guess is like a lot in British old-timey. I don't un- understand the English. But he spends a lot of money, a lot of effort, puts himself on the line to win back uh, Elizabeth. And so naturally when I thought about that, I, I, I thought about God. And if there's a tagline from this morning is that God is more persistent than Mr. Darcy. God is more persistent than that. Even, and, and this is where we get this from this, this passage, right? It says, he has not cast us off. That's why I read verse 8 and 9. He has chosen us and not cast us off. Despite our rejection of God, just like Elizabeth, <laughs> despite our rejection of God, he pursues us. He is persistent. He chose not to cast them off. The, the situation with the nation of Israel at that time is that they continually, at that moment, had rejected God's principles and actually were just facing the natural consequences of picking the wrong, the wrong political alliances. And so now they're scattered around the earth and God says, even when you're scattered, I'm not casting you off. Even when you've rejected me, I am not rejecting you. God is persistent. He is active. Despite our sin, our rejection, despite us saying to God, I, I think I got a better way. I think I got a better plan. Uh, there's one of my favorite psalms that talks about some, some people trust in horses and chariots. Others trust in the name of, the, of, of our Lord, our God. We, we have our own horses and chariots that we put our trust in. I'm not going to actually pray this morning. That, that might be a waste of time. I'm going to answer this email because does God actually care about this, right? I, I'm going to be the one to take care of this. But he doesn't cast us off. He chose us. It says he chose us and he gathers us, right? God does more than send out mailers. He's more than a marketer. He gathers. He pursues. He runs you down 
He is persistent. So right off the bat, something I, I want to remind us with and how to fight fear and dismay is we fight it with the goodness of assurance. With the assurance is that our God is persistently our God. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. So a couple questions that I, I think of right off the bat as we think about uh, meditating on the goodness of God is remind myself who am I with and whose am I? Who am I with in every situation? Jesus said he was n- he's never going to leave you, never forsake you. Who am I with? I never walk into a meeting alone. There's no room where I say, Holy Spirit, I got this. You, you stay at the door. He, he follows me wherever I go, and I am his. I am his. He is my God, and I am his. A great example of the persistent love and, and, and uh, yeah, the persistence of God is the 12 disciples. Uh, we, have a, we have a tendency to elevate the 12 disciples like they were perfect, but really, friends, they didn't, like, really get their act together until Acts, actually, after Jesus left. The, the Gospels are mostly... It's like a constant retelling of what not to do. Don't, don't say what Peter says that, you know, in, in Mark. It, when, when Peter says something, be like, okay, I'm not going to do that. When, when James and John, w- you know, when they, when they encounter a frustrating moment, you know what they say? They say, God, why don't we just burn them all with fire? Why don't we just destroy them? And Jesus is like, oh, Jesus, it's, it's cross, forgiveness. No, uh, it's paraphrasing. They just constantly, constantly miss the point. Even uh, until the, the final, the, the Last Supper, right? So th- they'd missed the point, they'd missed the point, and the Last Supper, which um, he didn't, you know, Jesus didn't stand up, he's like, this is my Last Supper. Uh, he didn't title it, but he's, he, he, it's called the Upper Room Discourse, where he explains, he, he unveils some of the more beautiful truths and promises. And I love, I love thinking about these promises because they align pretty well with the specifics. So in, in Isaiah, we talk about how God He's going to strengthen, help, and uphold, right? So he's persistent in his strengthening, in his helping, and his upholding. And Jesus gives us this promise, and he gives it to the 12, the ones who had rejected him, who were about to reject him really bad, who uh, ignored what he taught all the time. But God was persistent. Jesus was persistent in these promises to them. So listen to this. This is where we see the, the revealing of Jesus as the, as the promise keeper. So he says, this in John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, another helper, to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So first, strengthen. God says he's going to strengthen you, right? He's going to actually provide you with strength. Um, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a psalm I love, Psalm 18. And th- the first part of the psalm I, I, I really love because it's, it's God rescuing us. And I, and I used to pray that all the time. I, I feel like, like I'm entangled, like death is all around, like there's so many, so many bad things, but God rescues. But then there's this int- interesting shift, and I didn't realize this until about two years ago. 
that that's not actually how Psalm 18 ends. Psalm 18 flips in the middle where God actually starts to equip me, strengthen me, give me the ability to handle these situations. Jesus says to them, and, and I, this is, I still, I still str- struggle to believe this, but, this, but Jesus said it, so it's got to be true. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do. Greater. Come on. Like, my dude fed the 5,000 with, cu- with a couple of loaves and a couple of fish. Greater? No, <laughs> not greater. He healed a blind person. Greater? I'm, I'm not the one saying, he said it. I'm going to test it tomorrow, by the way. I'm going to walk the Hudson. Uh, not, not across, up. And we're just, we're going to see if I can do greater. But I- anyone with me? It says Greater. There is something about the empowering of the Spirit that actually strengthens us to create and join in goodness, that God actually equips us to not just survive events, not just get through, but to actually provide strength to make them better, to bring the kingdom of God into reality, to speak with our words, encouraging gospel, grace-based, loving, worthwhile things to each other. God actually strengthens us. And when, so when Jesus says, uh, th- th- this helper's coming, he's going to strengthen you, when, what that helper means is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one with the resurrection power. I'm not going to get too technical on you theologically, but it, the Holy Spirit is the one that raised Christ from the dead. And when he says he's going to be with you forever, that means that each and every one of you, when you believe in Jesus, have resurrection power living inside you. That's, that's such a wild thing to say. But it's the truth. Jesus makes it possible by what he did when he, and it says we have to believe in him, right? When he beat death, when he died, the curtain was between, the, the boundary between God and man was torn, and now the Holy Spirit can reside in you. Resurrection power we, where we can actually provide good. We can change our circumstances. We can help those around us. Our God is our strength. And he strengthens us to keep going. And he strengthens others through us too. Next it says that God is our, he, that he would help us, right? Uh, now help is, is a funny word for me. Uh, my mom uh, called me, you know, her little helper. And uh, what that meant is that usually it referred to cooking, and uh, I was not a helper. Like, like it took took five times the amount of work to explain to me to do things in the kitchen than it was for her to do as her thing. That's not what this help means. This help, notice it's, it's, it's capitalized, it's a person. This helper means that it's, it's ready aid in all circumstances. It's the help that, o- that helps you accomplish whatever you're doing. You, you actually cannot accomplish anything without this help. God is more persistent than Mr. Darcy, and he's more helpful than me in the kitchen. This helper aids in all circumstances. I think of the fruits of the Spirit, of uh, I would love to be more patient, more kind, more loving, But the truth of the fruits of the Spirit is that you don't conjure them on your own. You get them by spending more time and relying more on the Spirit. 
you don't just be more patient because you worked on it. You spend time with the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God helps you be more patient. He changes your character. He helps you in every circumstance. And sometimes the help isn't exactly what you thought. <laughs> sometimes the help isn't what, what you think you need help with. I've explained this before. Uh, yeah, th those periods where the help I wanted was for Oliver to sleep through the night from, from day one. And I, heard, I would hear stories of like, oh yeah, you know, we just set our baby in the middle of the living room floor while we're watching TV and he just like falls asleep. Meanwhile, like I'm rocking hour four in the dark, special swing and my, you know, like the refined shh, shh, shh technique just repeated for four hours, right? And I'm just like, God, please, why can't he be more like River? But he's, he's not. But the help that I thought I wanted in that situation wasn't the help that I actually needed. That help was God strengthening me in one, in one case, but he was also helping me be more patient. He was helping me be more tenacious. That's also helpful. The Spirit is the wisest thing ever. We talked about this last week, that no one taught the Spirit how to think, how to judge correctly, and the Spirit of God enabled through, through, the, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus living inside of us, we have the wisest person in, in the universe living inside of us. Our God is our help. Ask him for help. <laughs> Actually ask him. The most powerful prayer I think I've ever prayed, uh, Jesus help. I think that's the most, I, I, that when, I talk, when I think about the most fruitful prayer I've ever prayed, the most efficient, amazing prayer, Jesus help in earnest. Jesus help. Lastly, Isaiah says that he will uphold us. Uphold is a constant support forever. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to be with you forever, to dwell in you and be in you forever. This upholding is a constant action. I'm, I'm amazed, you know, we, we, we know that uh, Jesus created the world, but there's this upholding aspect that I just find fascinating. Hebrews says that he is constantly upholding the universe by the word of his power. We do not have an inactive God. He is constantly active and upholding you. And the Holy Spirit is holding you, like Atlas holding up the world. He is constant, and this is the persistence of God, right? We said last week that he never grows weary. He never gets tired. Back to my, you know, my baby example. <laughs> God is not tired after, after hour four of holding you. He doesn't, he doesn't get exhausted. He's, he is the perfect night nurse. <laughs> he, is, he is the person who will hold and hold and hold forever. And his arms don't get tired and his countenance doesn't change. And I think even, um, this is represented, like I said, in, in the 12 here. So Jesus looking around the room when he's giving him when he's giving these these people th these promises right who's he looking at he's looking at Judas he's looking at Judas and and I think sometimes we think that he that Jesus look on his face was a lot more uh, caustic and mean but I I we know that the way he looked at people who were in sin was with love we ha we have that on record several times he's looking at Judas. He's looking at James and John, who at one point wanted to just destroy a town, <laughs> who had their mom, like, 
try to get special permission for, for them to sit by Jesus forever. Like, these are people who don't get it. He's looking at Peter. Peter, who he knew was going to choose to reject him later when he needed him most. And he's saying, I'm giving you all this helper. And even at the end of the story, when right about when he's before, he's about to, to ascend into heaven. This is my, I, I've said this before here a hundred times, but it's one of my, it's one of the most fascinating things to me, is that the Great Commission where Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, go therefore make disciples. The verse before that, he's telling 12 people who are looking at the resurrected Christ, they're looking at the proof of all proofs, and it says, even then, some doubted. He's telling even the ones who doubted, I will be with you always to the end of the age. I love how he bookends that promise. All authority has been given to me. I will be with you always. God's saying to the 12, you don't get to question my authority, and my authority has chosen you. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful that God, in his persistence, looks at you and says, no matter what you choose, I'm coming after you. As much as you want to reject me, I'm coming after you. Our God is persistently our strong helper. Jesus has revealed this in his character, in giving us the capital H helper. He chooses to give us strength and help and uphold us despite our rejection of him. And this is better than I could ever have imagined. And the God that's being revealed is so good, it's, it's hard to believe. But the, the only question we have looking at this now is, what, uh, am I going to rely upon it or not? It's so good, our only choice is, am I going to rely or not? How can I rely upon the help of God this week, and where do I need strength? That's, that's where we start. Friends, our God is good, sovereign, and wise. And his, with his sovereignty, he's chosen to persistently help you. Even with the things that I, I know some of you, even with the things that are in your mind that are like, even that thing? <laughs> he is your persistent helper. So as we, as we close this time, I'm going to give you a, a minute or two to, to reflect on these questions. How can I rely upon the help of God this week, and where do I need strength? So I'm going to give you, um, I'm a big fan of silence. You might be already feeling that, but um, I'm going to give you a minute of silence to ask, how can I rely upon the God, or on the help of God this week, and where do I need strength? So I'll give you a minute, and, and I'll invite the band up.